millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to episode one of the AI Comic Pod, hosted by myself, Rory Greenfield, and Stuart Bridson. Hi, Stu. Hi, mate. How's it going? Very well. Yourself? Yeah, pretty good, mate. Very excited. Yeah, I so am I. We've been we've been looking forward to this for quite a while now. So, um, quite a momentous occasion for ourselves um, tonight. I'm delighted to say we're uh, joined by the Podfather himself, Gags Tandon. How are you, Gags? Um. I'm honoured to be here. Thank you very much. I'm. Uh, I could be better. Been a bit poorly, but I'm going to get through this. This is the uh, the rush that I needed. I think. Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah, well, I know you've been looking forward to this. I know you're a big fan of the genre, and that's you know why this kind of came about, really. So um, to give you guys a bit of a, an overview of of why we wanted to do this, um, me and Stu appeared on the wonderful AI movie night recently, hosted by Joe Simpson. Um, and it was all about the dark night. And we came off that that pod kind of, and I immediately kind of messaged Stu and said, do you want to do that again soon? And he was like, yeah, yeah, of course. Because Stu, as he'll tell you, is, is massively obsessed um, with all of these things. Um, and so I, I approached Gags and, and thought it'd be a good idea to to make it a regular pod and make it a regular feature. And, and you know, a few weeks later, here we are. So I'm absolutely delighted Um to, to be doing this and you know it's it's one of those things that it's a genre that everyone I know really loves and enjoys and it's it's kind of all ages you know from my son upwards my dad who's in his 60s absolutely adores all of this um, as well so it's it covers so many kind of variables and it's such a you know it's such a modern thing that everyone enjoys and and everyone looks forward to and and obviously they the films kind of gross the highest of anything and the tv series are just going from strengths to strengths so uh you know kick off Stu. when did you first knew you loved comic book genre i think the first thing first film that really hit me was probably the original batman film that's the that's the earliest i can remember and then from there, it really did spiral. Then it was literally any cartoon, film, TV show that had any kind of affiliation with 
with superheroes. I, I wanted to watch it. I needed to buy it. I needed to buy the figures. I needed everything associated with it. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. I, I watched, I think growing up really, my, I said before about my dad, my dad collected comic books when he was a kid. So he was really big into all the X-Men and Marvel comic books. And I think he just, you know, he didn't have these kind of films, obviously, you know, Batman around that era in the eighties and, and Superman and, and those things. And, but I, I loved all the cartoon series. So I was obsessed with the Spider-Man series growing up and all the X-Men series and the Batman TV series. And it just kind of became religious viewing, but it's, it's peaked a little bit more recently because it, you know, the whole genre dropped off a bit and then the, the, the Nolan Batman films have just kind of kicked it on. And then Marvel's kind of just taken over the world, really. How about you say self gags? When did you start loving these films? Oh man, I'm old school. I think I'm a bit older than you boys. Uh, I first watched Superman when I was a, a young lad in the cinema. Um, there was an Odeon in Wolverhampton and uh, my parents took me to watch, I think it was the, the first or the second, maybe, maybe the third. One of them I watched in the cinema and I was hooked since then. I was never into comic books in terms of the, the, the actual comics, but... Once, once you watch Superman, and as a kid, you just used to be in awe of all those type of action movies. You'd, you'd get the videotapes on VHS and watch them again and again and again. And then, obviously, there's loads of Batman films. Uh, some of them absolutely atrocious um, at times. <laughs> and then uh, there used to be Batman and Robin TV series. There used to be the Spider-Man cartoons. You know those those classics. Those what got you really into it. And then. When they started becoming a bit more modern, you know, real, not real, this can never be real. They're always, you know, it's comic book. But when they started making them a a bit more panache and a bit more quality, then it became like an obsession. You know, the, the, the movies like The Dark Knight, obviously that was the kickoff, I think, of it becoming quality cinema. And then and then after that, I think it leads really nicely into what Marvel have kicked off. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I, I think, like you said, with the, the films, they are they are the epitome of modern cinema. You know, they're, they're popcorn films, yeah, and, and, and you know, they, they have that kind of mass appeal across the broad, but they're still so well scripted and, you know, they're so well developed. And, and all the fight scenes and all the action scenes are so well done. And like you said, you know, it's never going to be real, but it's about as close as you can come to it. You know, all the environments that surrounded him are real, you know, and I think that has an impact. It's, like, it's about bringing, you know, that, that dream or those, those fantasies in your head as a kid that I want to yeah. watch, I want to see this. Like if, you, if you're a comic book fan, the dream for a comic book fan from a child, and I speak to so many comic book fans, is to see that in the flesh. And to show them on a big screen in IMAX in 3D from what you used to read as a kid. Imagine right now how crazy those comic book fans are going right now and how much, you know, they, they are loving life right now. Well, speaking of comic book fans, Stu, do you want you to reiterate that? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've said to a bunch of people that for me, my, my golden age of cinema started in 2005 with Batman Begins. And since then, it's just, it's snowballed. And every year now we get at least one, if not two, genuine blockbusters. They, they, they break records all across the world. And some of the films, I don't even know how. I, I thought Thor was going to bomb. I thought the idea of a, an actual god was going to be a little bit too much for the, Me too. the mainstream audience. Yeah. But it's still made worldwide. Something like 
six, seven hundred million dollars. So it's making back. They all make sort of three, four times what they've spent. And by the time Marvel completed the first phase, Disney had already made back the money that they spent purchasing Marvel. Crazy. In fact, in six films, they made back all their money, and they bought Marvel for something ungodly like five or six billion dollars. So it, that's insane. Yeah, yeah. that is really insane. They, they if, are, you know, people criticise Disney because you know it's obviously really topical with Star Wars and and everything coming up, but they do do a good job of it. You know, they're not mugs. When did they, they buy not, it? When did they buy it, um, guys? When did they actually? Um, which which because they started the the phase one before Disney bought it, right? Like as in the plans of it were already. Yeah, I, I, I think the plans were already in place. Let me see. I'm gonna something. find out. It wasn't. It was two thousand and nine. Wow. So right after the first two movies, then, and it was it was actually four billion dollars. That's huge. So by the time they bought them, they'd only released Iron Man and the Incredible Hulk. But they yeah. saw how Iron Man must have gone mental. Yeah, you know? and they, they yeah. Mu- by then they must have seen the scripts for Iron Man two, and presumably the plans for three, and they must have seen the storyboards for well, we're going to link all these together, and then in four years' time we're going to throw this massive film out. But like. Like Rory said, Disney aren't daft. They know how to market. And they've the best thing they've done is by lowering the age range. Because if they made this 15, they instantly lose the kid market. You can't be selling the toys. So they yeah. played this absolutely perfectly. They've got everyone. They've got kids, families, and hardcore fans all sitting in the cinema together. Yeah, because I think that's the difference with, with, with DC and where they've gone. You know, Warner Brothers doing the Batman trilogy with Nolan. It's it's edgy, it's dark. You know, um, we talked about on the, on the movie night about the uh, Joker played by Heath Ledger being, you know, psychotic really. And, you know, when we, when we go on to talk about Avengers, we can equally whack lyrical about um, Tom Hiddleston's performance as Loki, um, who's just almost, I mean, he's not on the same level, but he's just, he's just fantastic. But, um, but that's in a very lighter way. You I know, think they all just... are. I thought the casting is, the casting has been one of the things that have made it credible. Oh, yeah, the they, casting's they, they haven't made a single yeah. bad call. I don't think yeah, so. Every, Danny every Junior, single character. Danny Junior is, is, is the, coop. the coop. Yeah, and he is, and they knew that probably from from minute one because when you see him, he, he's the perfect Tony Stark, and, and you know he, he plays it with such a lightness of touch, and his his comedy timing is, is just perfection. Oh, he just really is. He's very underrated between. Between Iron Man and Sherlock Holmes, he has really shown what his comedy stylings are like. Yeah, I mean, he was always at that level. He just suffered for a long period of time. In never his got the career. never got the chance, did he? Well, it was his. He, he had lots of drugs problems. It was the addiction, yeah. wasn't it? And he was yeah. he was being arrested more than he was appearing on screen. And he exactly he exactly. went away, and he he became a bit of a joke. I can't remember what TV show it is, but. Someone made the line of when someone's rolled up with a hangover, oh, God, you smell like Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, that's that been said. He, he became a bit of a parody of, of the fallen Hollywood star. But then he comes back in this. Fantastic. And he's just, I mean, he's li- it's like he's got a second chapter in his career. And oh, it's, it's he is Tony Stark. Even the yeah. way he's lived the previous 10 years, he literally lived as Tony Stark because all he did was drank probably a multitude of other things which we shouldn't go into. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much pretty much what Stony Tostock does in the film. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. It fits the. It fits the. It fits it. Fits the bill. But they had Gwyneth Paltrow. They had um, Samuel L. Jackson. You know, all these people add to a bit of credibility on the brand as well. Oh, huge amounts. Yeah, and can have Samuel L. Jackson as a supporting character. Mm. I mean, the guy's huge, and he's like this little man stood at the back. And he, yeah. he's brilliant. Every time he's on screen, he's brilliant. He's another one. He's accidentally hilarious. He is. Especially yeah, in Avengers. When we, when we get to Avengers, it's, it's great. But he had a big role in all of them in terms of bringing it all together. It, again, the, 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 what you have to marvel... Well, marvel at, get it? <laughs> what you have to marvel at is how marvelously they've knitted everything together. It's not an easy task. This is not a television show where they can they write out the, the, each episode and then it fits all together nicely. These are big cinematic projects costing hundreds of millions of pounds, uh, dollars or whatever, and they've managed to knit them all together beautifully. I think the, the big difference with them as well is um, they're all critically acclaimed. You know, it's it's quite hard for for movies in this genre to be taken seriously. Yet they tend to just appease, you know, as much the fans as they do, you know, critical acclaim. And it's that does help when you, you're initially setting up those kind of uh, you know initial movies. You do need the backing of press, and you do need that kind of hype and build up. And you know, like you said, Gags, they they're incredible at their, their pre-planning stages. You know, you know they've got, you know, they've actually physically got movies, what, up to 2019, 2020 mm. already planned in. So they probably had those planned in for the last three or four years. You know, they know exactly what each chapter is going to look like, how each kind of character is going to fit into those chapters and, and how they're going to, release them at the right time has it ever been done before has anything like this ever been done on the scale i don't i don't think so on the scale which is why you have to congratulate you know disney marvel whoever obviously it's all marvel and disney then to to allow them to continue the the dream you know what yeah the idea because sometimes a company can come in and just ruin everything and And they they commonly take you by surprise as well i think that's the thing i love most about these kind of movies we're going to talk about guardians of the galaxy at some point in the future um but that film i just didn't see it coming no i thought it was gonna be shit yeah exactly (laughs) it played out and like turned out to be one of the best ones and i was like right it's got a talking tree and a raccoon <laughs> and you know Batista. and a very green looking girl and it's just gonna play out and and you know they they take risks with who they hire as directors and as actors and James Gunn who directed that film wasn't known for for doing that kind of style he, he had some level of a comedic background but you know to write that kind of script and and deliver those kind of films when it's so kind of away from the other aspects of the genre it's just what makes them the juggernaut that they are in cinema and like you said no one's done it before no one's done anything on this level of grandeur and and it builds that kind of anticipation i mean i think we have to touch on um civil war for next year later yeah all right we'll touch on it right at the end yeah yeah exactly but for that kind of thing you just look it it almost breaks the internet when the trailer gets released (laughs) You know, it's just everyone goes crazy for it. I mean, we were all talking about it. And then 
people that you don't think are even a fan of this genre are just talking about it and all your timelines are filled with it um and that's what marvel does now so the, um, we start from the start from the build iron man one they just the story the story of tony stark again when i, I think it's still the best one out of the iron man series i when i watch that i can watch it back and i just think it's just it's just a brilliant film yeah yeah what do you reckon Stu? because i know you're a big fan um, it probably is the best one. I, I'm generally not a fan of origin stories that I already know, but the way they did it, and again, it, it, it pretty much goes down to Robert Downey Jr. He he brought a character who's been played out for so long and completely rejuvenated it. The graphics were superb. The the suits are what really really finished it off. They were they were the sort of fine fine polish on it. The suits look superb. Yeah, they did. And the the writing was brilliant. The, again, the casting was just spot on. Again, getting um, Gwyneth Paltrow in as a leading lady. She's someone I've never really been a big fan of, but now I am. Oh, well, she made it work. I can, I I can really I see what she brings. Yeah. And getting uh, John Favreau in as the bodyguard. Did he well, direct yeah. it? Did he direct it? He's the director as well. Yeah. He's director. Yeah. He's so director. getting him in is happy. And Jeff Bridges is just a class actor, and yeah. you know, getting him in as a villain um, in that kind of role is just perfect. And and Terence Howard, who for his own greediness is now not in a single um, Marvel film, but yeah. he, he was really good in it, and he's a really good actor, really underrated actor. Um, and he got a little bit greedy um, for Iron Man 2, and they said, all right, we'll replace you. Um, yeah, and he, we... he seems to think that it's all Robert Downey Jr.'s fault, and he reckons he, he's cost him something like $40 million. <laughs> he's probably cost wow, him really? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's publicly slagged him off, and he said that Robert Downey Jr., he says that he got Robert Downey Jr. the job of Iron Man, and then when it came time to negotiate in salaries for Iron Man 2, Downey Jr. just stood back and didn't help him, and he thinks that he should have stepped in and been like, oh, yeah, he deserves a shitload of money as well. What for? I well, don't know. Exactly. That's, Robert that's Downey Jr. Happened. is the star. He's the sidekick. Yeah, exactly. And he's not hes not in it that much. You know, he no. Like, no, pops exactly. in and out. Exactly. And to be honest, I actually do prefer Don Cheadle. I think Don Cheadle. I like Don Cheadle. <laughs> Don Don brings uh, and we'll 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 talk about yeah. it. But he's got a couple of tracking lines in <laughs> Ultron. He's when he's telling the story yeah, the, star's the, the table in the yeah. party. He's we'll bring just it, got yeah. a couple of cracking lines. Um, what was he's, he's a really good actor actually? To be fair to him. So what, what was next in line then, Rory? Um, that? Yeah, the next one was the Incredible Hulk. One of pretty much. It's probably the the long forgotten film because whenever anyone talks about the Marvel films, nobody mentions the Incredible Hulk. Never. Was never. this the worst one though? At the lot, in yes. your thoughts, in your yes, mind, mile. Yeah, I think is. it's be, it's because I've never forgiven them for making Hulk a few years earlier, because yeah. Hulk was atrocious. It was. They, well, they, they struggle to get it right though. They do struggle to get it right. It's it's a difficult. It's it's the kind of Spider-Man story where they just rehash the same story every time. They yeah. really struggle to kind of make anything of it. Um, I think I think Mark Ruffalo, to be fair to him, brings a, a higher caliber to the role because he's God. he's just got more subtlety to him. He's one of my favorite actors actually, um, and that's what we said, you know, about the films. They every time they develop a film, they seem to just even if you know, obviously it's a major major casting but um every every 
part of the film, they bring in a slightly higher caliber actor. And that's what it, they work towards every time. And he actually looks like a scientist, though. I mean, exactly. whenever I saw, no, what's his name? Who was the who was the who was Hulk in the, the two thousand eight movie? It was it was uh, it was Norton. Ed Norton, I always it? think, yeah. wait up, he's from Fight Club. So I, 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 I don't, I, I can't see that. Yeah. He doesn't fit the same way. No, he yeah, doesn't Mark seem Ruffalo intelligent, plays. clever. He doesn't bring that across, whereas Mark Ruffalo does. And he's got a great chemistry with Robert Downey Jr., which really does work on screen so um yeah they like we said all, all the all the casting and i think you've you got to look at these kind of films on all levels as well so you know Stu said about iron man's action scenes and, and the way the suits are developed and the it's all so seamless it's all so well produced you know it's they they're literally getting the highest caliber of producers um, of editors of casting all the music's really well you know fitting and, and all the choreographed scenes and, and they put a lot of time and effort into it um, and you can't really you can't underplay any of it even if you're not a fan you've got to admire the work that goes into all of these films mm. and and you know that's across the board you know it's 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 a good time for cinema if you're if you're a fan of this genre and television yeah, as well. Jump into so. jumping into Iron Man Two. Iron Man Two brings my favorite casting of all. Scarlett. That, Scarlet, I was just going to say Scarlet, with that Scarlett Johansson in a cat yes, suit. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, no, she was wearing tight skirts to start with and kicking Happy's ass, which is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, and then after that, yeah, the cat suit. I mean, just. Lovely. Enjoyed that so much. And then obviously it goes on to become such a big role. Yeah, it's it's a great role. And and Stu will say it's it's quite she's a, she's quite prominent in, in comic books, but I didn't know whether they make it work for me on, on screen, but um she's brilliant and, and her relationships in the you know, in the Captain America films, or in the Wind Soldier in particular, um Captain America and, and obviously with Mark Ruffalo is this Hulk is is great. She's she's got really good camaraderie with all the actors, um, and yeah, I think we we do need to talk about Avengers in a minute because yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> we're nearly there. We're nearly there. We're nearly there exactly because most of the scenes um, all involve all these people. Yeah, exactly. They all build up into you know all of these scenes. Um, briefly, gags, and we're going to do this every week. Um, we got a little bit of a comic book challenge for oh you. Oh my god, I'm going to be awful at this. It's all about Avengers. So oh, okay. It's it's always going to be about you know the topic of the week. So it, yeah. I think I think you you might be all right. But five questions, and yeah, we'll we'll put your scores up later. Um, so I'll kick off with this. So um, question one. These must be a little bit trickier than others. Um, what's the classic computer game that Robert Downey Jr. calls a crew member out for playing oh, on no. the helicopter? I watched this yesterday, but I couldn't grab the name. I can't remember that. I can't remember the name of the game. Oh, no. No. I've lost it. Yeah. I, I, uh, I remembered it yesterday, but it's gone. It's a classic, but we'll have to move on. Right. It's Gallagher. Yeah, that game. was it. it. That's a hilarious scene. I know. <laughs> absolutely love that scene. Um, Gall- the Gallagher. second one. Yeah, exactly. He calls him out. It's brilliant. And no one's noticed that man's playing Gallagher that's all this it. time. <laughs> smart ass. That's what he is. Exactly. smart ass. This one's a little bit easier. Name the alien army that Loki summons using the Tesseract. Oh, God. 
Oh, you've got to get this one. You've got to get this. I'm just. I'm not very well. It was yesterday. It was. <laughs> it was, it was it, I saw my tip of my tongue. The Chachari or something. Wasn't yeah, it? we'll That's give it. you that. We'll something give you like that. that. The Chitari. <laughs> the Chitari. Yeah, exactly. You can have a sympathy point because you're not well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you can ask anyone. I'm not good with these things. My, me- my memory is poor. I can remember like certain things, but names and all that. Oh, ask Nina. She kills me on it. She absolutely <laughs> murders me on these things. <laughs> Go on. All right, next one. Um, name the only British actor to star in both the Avengers films. Oh, I'm, I'm not good with acting. I'll, I'll give you a slightly clue on this. And he starred in all of the Iron Man films as well. In yeah. The Iron Man films. Um... He's, he's more by voice and then physical form. Jarvis, but I don't, know, I don't know what the guy's name is. I don't, I'm not good with the actor's name. Yeah, you got man. Jarvis. I'll give you half yeah. a point for Jarvis. It's always so Jarvis, yeah. It's Paul Bettany. He's the actor on that one. Um, this one, whose line is this in the film? superheroes in new york give me a break is that from the first avengers film it is and i'll give you a clue he appears in every single marvel film every single marvel film yeah oh that's that's a pretty good clue yeah it's a pretty big clue think think comparing you as mr ai to this man to mr marvel Appears in every film from start to so that includes Hulk as well. I think he's in every single. He's in Big Hero Six uh, in one way or another. He's in every single linked Marvel film. Is Big Hero Six a Marvel film? It is. It's comic yeah. book. Uh... And he was even technically in Jessica Jones. Was he? Yeah. I think I know he's in Daredevil as well. So yeah. I don't. I don't know. I seriously don't know who that is. Okay, the creator of 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 all things Marvel Comics, Stan Lee, is the answer. So where is he? Who is he? Who does he play? He's just like he, a he has a cameo in every single. Film. Ah, I did not know every that. Every single film. That's, that's yeah. a good one. Um, so he, he insists. I think he's almost pushing ninety now. And he insists on being in every single film. It's brilliant. Um, this one, this one's a, a comic book link question. So, um, These are looking quite at tough. Age, I know, sorry, man, they're harder than I thought they would be. Um, Age of Ultron based question. So, um, there's a superhero um, in a different comic book franchise um, played by this actor, and he's, he's Quicksilver in Age of Ultron. So, there's another comic book franchise that he plays the lead role in. No idea. No idea. Um, so he's a British actor. He plays Kickass, which I don't know if you've seen Kickass. If you haven't, that doesn't mean much to you. Um, but Kickass is a really good film. He was. One. He was. He was Kickass. Yeah, yeah. Aaron Taylor Johnson. He um, looks so different. I know. I know exactly. Um, what the yeah. fuck? He's scrawny in the like. Okay, he's not exactly built up in this one. No, but... no, no. But yeah, no. He's he's not built up in this one either. No, no to be but, fair. But, but he doesn't look the same at all. No, and he plays a Russian accent, which probably throws things off a little bit. But um, I've done, yeah, all, I've he's done awful. He's kick-ass. Um, Stu probably got you... six out of six or five out of five. I must you? admit, I, the Gallagher question completely threw me. I yeah. could not. Re- I couldn't get that. I think you got a point and a half out of five. <laughs> kick me off the pod now nah, you're all right man you got you got you got plenty to offer and we're probably contractually obliged to offer that one week anyway are we? <laughs> oh that was awful it's okay um right we've got to move on to um the avengers film um so we'll focus on on one for now and then we might have to revisit two because 
both have got you know massive merit really so um Stu where were you when you first watched the first film all I can say is it was in the cinema I couldn't tell you which one <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I've been racking my brain trying to work it out but I, could, I was probably in the Odeon in the print works in Manchester with me mate Ian because we we go and watch all of the anything comic book related with uh generally on release day or opening weekend. How many times did you see it? Just um, I only saw it once in the cinema because I, I generally don't watch many films multiple times. The, in no, recent I've only days. watched two films multiple times, which is Age of Ultron and uh, Dark Knight Rises. Oh, interesting. What about you? Where was your first time? I watched it with my dad in the print works as well in Manchester. Your dad's um, coming off this sounding really cool, you know. He, my dad's a bit of a legend, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's one of those that my little boy's a little bit too young for this stuff, although he's he's right on the age of getting into especially Spider-Man. But, yeah, in a few years it'll definitely be with him. But my dad my dad loves all these, these films, so I watched it in 3D um at the print works and i think i watched it another time at the cinema as well because I, I just there's a, there's a couple of occasions where you just can't wait the six months for the, the the blu-ray to come out so yeah i just i remember being absolutely blown away by it um the 3d element is done quite well in this film I, i'm not always a massive 3d believer but actually you know they the effects are so good in this and that the, you know the scene towards the end with the chitari coming through the portal and all the rest of it is just incredible in 3d to be fair gags how about yourself mate yep 3d Wolverhampton with my dad and because uh, obviously you got him to watch all the yeah he 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 actually loves superman and the batman films himself so not like a mad mad but he just no, loves no, action no. he just loves action and comic book stuff so he he watched um all all the films leading up so he loves iron man so he wanted to watch this took my daughter as well my nephew so there's three three generations watching this one together and it was um quite frankly absolutely fantastic to watch to with with people that enjoy the genre to you know watching it together yeah. laughing laughing at the jokes together looking at each other when they pull off so there's there's some kind of chemistry between stars that were in separate films and now all in, entwined in one just fantastic to to enjoy that with your family i think yeah I, the whole I point of it agree yeah i completely agree i i do you know it starts off with a bit of a bang you know this film in particular and um it's a long film you know and that's the kind of film you love at the cinema where you're just engrossed in it um but like you said about scenes between characters um you just sometimes can't wait even when you're watching it again to get to that that scene you know there was a bit of talk on on twitter about you know favorite lines and favorite scenes and stuff and um i've watched it twice as well in cinema yeah yeah i think one of the ones you we, we were talking about mentioning was um the first kind of big fight scene um between thor and iron man when they've kind of captured loki and they're, they're, they're fighting in the, in, in the wood, in the forest. <laughs> Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shakespeare. Does mother know thou weareth her drapes? <laughs> I just... Downey Jr., when he delivers those kind of lines, you're just... I was just in stitches. I just remember. And the scenes, I, I love I love the kind of contrasting styles between the superheroes. And, and Stu will give you the, 
kind of overview you know they do fit the comic mold really well i actually like one just before that you know you know right at the start of the movie when and sorry to bring her back up yeah, again yeah, Scar- yeah, yeah, scarlet scarlet johansson when she's all tied up oh, and she's being in- and she's being interrogated and then she gets up <laughs> colson rings him up and goes i'm gonna bomb you if you don't give her the phone and he gives yeah, her the phone an uh, yeah and, 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 she, and she goes i'm working i'm in the middle of interrogation this moron's giving me everything and he goes i don't give anything and then she gives him she gives him the rocks the, the rock the people's eyebrow yeah. she gives him, and then she kicks their asses whilst being tied up picks her heels up and then goes and finds mr hulk and it's just she, it's just i just from i just laugh my ass off when she just you know says that it just brings her character that's her character she puts herself into positions position of being you know dominated but really she's the one who's in in control yeah every single time you, yeah, you just wanted to mention scarlett johansson being dominated didn't you really oh yes <laughs> seen she, right she, through yeah she's, she's hot mate she is hot that girl is hot sorry i'm going no, to, no, no, i'm going no, simon no, british no. mode on your ass <laughs> in fairness you, you're quite right too you know she is spectacular she really is um but she can act as well you know and and to no be doubt. fair to her she's she's got a bit of comic timing you know she's pretty switched on and, and she delivers the lines really well um that was a good thing about casting her and gwyneth they're actually actresses they actually are fantastic actors as well not yeah just but she, she can candy. fight as well to be fair do you know what i mean i, I know i listened to the on the box and Stu quite hilariously talked about unsigned quite hilariously talked about that arrow <laughs> well some of the acting and running and athletics that some of these people deliver on screen yeah um, is a little bit hilarious especially jessica jones running like she's in quicksand all the time um when she's supposed to be a superhero and i think you look at the, the film because there's such a big budget and all the coordination that goes into it and all of them do get probably huge amounts of training and I remember reading uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson saying he was in awe of of Thor, uh, you know, because of the physical shape he got into. He looked like a god. He looked like a superhero. And you've got to give him that. Chris Helms was just, it was him and his brother, I think, up for it. Yeah, um, it was. Supposedly, Liam was the one they wanted, and then yeah. Chris blew him out the water. Yeah. Because in, in terms of the casting for the Avengers, my biggest concern was always Scarlett Johansson. I thought she's not a convincing action hero, but her fight scenes are flawless. They are. The fight scene between her and Hawkeye is absolutely brilliant. The timing is spot on, and she must have put herself through hell to get herself fit like yeah, that. Yeah, because she's not done films like that. Do you know no. what I mean? And she's gone on to do Lucy and a couple of other things. But, like um but yeah, she's never really done that kind of thing. Iron Man uh, 2, though, she did well, I thought, when she was oh, in yeah, the, yeah. at the end, she kicked some ass there. Yeah, yeah, completely. But I mean, you know, before um, this kind of franchise, you know, some of the no, other actors have probably done more physical. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. 
Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Arts, you know, but she's never really done those kind of roles. And yeah, it's, it's, it's great casting again. Talking about favourite lines, so Stu, have you got any any standout favourites? Well, I've already said the one in the park, does mother, mother know thou weareth her drapes? <laughs> I'm going to laugh at that every single fucking time. I laugh at that every time, no matter yeah. how you deliver it. And you've prices. got to say puny God. Oh. It puny God always cracks me up because it's the way Tom Hiddleston delivers. He's, he's one of probably my top five all-time villains, Loki, up there with like the Joker and Darth Vader. Yeah. And he, he's trying to sound off and he's trying to sound grand. Oh, and then God. to see him being tossed around like a ragdoll and then the only word he can mutter is, Ugh! <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, it's more like a, <laughs> it, <it's laughs> like a There's so many favourite lines, but I'm just going to limit myself to those two. I've got one more. Go on, guys. Um, Thor, Thor um, when they're talking about Loki being such oh, a... Oh, I know what you're going to say. Arsehole, and, <laughs> and, and Thor goes, Loki is beyond reason, but he is of Asgard, and he's my brother. And then and Scarlet goes, he killed 80 civilians in two days. He's adopted. <laughs> oh, he's so oh, he's, I, thought, I love that line. The way he just says it as well. He's adopted and shit. Puts his head down. Oh He's man, I just crease myself. It's so dry. It's such British humour to have that. Yeah, yeah. I, I do. Downey Judy delivers a lot. I do love the scene about Gallagher, which is why yeah, I included this question. And like, le- leading up to that, he taps Thor on the arm and goes, "Nice swing." <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Um, I love the kind of. Um, lead in between um, Captain America and, and and Iron Man. They've got really good kind of relations in it. I'm I'm a massive Captain America fan because I love the fact he's he's just been, you know, defrosted after sixty years basically. <laughs> and he's just kind of adapting to to modern society and oh, you know man. And, I got that reference. I got that I reference. got that reference. It's just brilliant. Monkeys <laughs> 
flying monkey. Yeah, I got that reference. Thor can't get it, and he goes, "I got it, I got it." He's yeah, so exactly. desperate to fit in, isn't he? he just he's shows, desperate to fit his in. Desperation to be part of the team and to fit in and be taken. You know, that's what that comes across from that from those little bits. Even though they're funny, it just brings across that. I've just woke up, but I'm not with it. I don't feel like I'm with it. Oh, no, it and doesn't, just, you know. Just I as know. the heli carry is being attacked, and he keeps saying to Iron Man, where they're, they're basically having a bit of a dick-waving contest, aren't they? And he keeps saying to him, go and put on the suit. Yeah. Go and put on the suit, and then the, then the heli carrier shakes, and he goes, go, go and put on the suit. <laughs> and the whole thing changes. And they've it gone does, dead, it does. serious from hilarious but contest don't think, macho. Don't you think they plant the seed there of... Of like the the tensions always oh, yeah. throughout the yeah, two yeah. throughout the two Avengers movies they're constantly the two guys that are at each other of them. Two. It, it always looks like a leadership said. struggle, doesn't it? Both it does. Iron Man's got the ego of a leader, whereas Captain America has got the strategy and the military background of a leader. And both of them, yeah, you, you're probably right that um, Marvel have shown that they can play the long game. They they started things in. I mean, if the films were out in 2008, they must have been writing these, what, 2004, 2005? Yeah. And they've exactly. planned up to the Avengers, then phase two up to Age of Ultron, then phase three. And we don't even know what they've got planned. I mean, oh, they've God, probably yeah. got 10, 15 years worth of films. So yeah. it wouldn't be a surprise if one of the writers came out and went, yeah, we did. We had this planned another 10 example. years before I the think film. you can feel it. Yeah. And another example is Ruffalo and Scarlet. The first time they meet, again, it's setting yeah, the there's, seed. There's, there's something there. Attention. There is a bit there. and Because like, obviously, you watch it back once you know what's happened in the second one. But you watch it back again, you go, this is planting a seed. Well, I, I, I did. When I watched Avengers, I uh, think it was Monday, just to, to refresh everything. I did start looking at that scene a little bit differently and start thinking they actually do look good on screen together. Oh, they do. They, they, they do sort of go in the same way that Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans go together. You know, you've got the all-American poster child in Chris Evans. He couldn't be more picture perfect. No. And then you've got Tony Stark who likes to think he is. And I've got to add another line. What are you beneath that suit or what are you without that suit? And he goes, billionaire, philanthropist, playboy, genius. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. It's instant. And I wouldn't be surprised if somebody said that that wasn't even a written line, that he'd ad-libbed that on the spot. Yeah. Yeah. But one of his favourite things in in that that scene where they're in the lab, Robert Downey Jr. is always eating, and apparently that wasn't there. No, the blueberries. He wasn't supposed to be. He just hid food. He kept smuggling food into the set. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He hid food all around, and it just became... One of Tony Stark's things, he's always eating blackberries or something or little nuts. Yeah. And whenever they, they moved his snacks, he'd just go to another drawer and he had another pot of snacks. <laughs> and, that, and, and that clap that he does, that little clap that he does every time. Oh, his little... Yeah, it's just brilliant. It does little yeah. things that make the character. And if you watch them... See, people don't probably watch with the depth. They just... But no. if you watch them, they have bought something to every single character. You know, there's something about them that they carry forward. They do perform them really, really well to highest quality. You know, it's it, it's it's fantastic. You've got to... If you're a fan of these, you've got to appreciate that these guys are doing some brilliant work. This is a, probably the best way of their life. There's massive detail yeah. that goes into all of it. Um, on the back of that, so I need to ask you both who your favourite um, character is in, in the film. After you, Gags. Okay, I I usually would have gone for 
my favourite, who's who's Iron Man. But that's only because of the way Robert Downey Jr. portrays portrays it. Sorry, otherwise I don't really think it's much of a superhero. He's just a rich bloke in a suit, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. But the real, real superhero of this movie. And the guy who makes it is is Hulk. I think as much as all the Hulk films failed, this is where the Hulk rules. He rules Avengers. He is every time the Hulk, as in the Hulk, is on screen. He steals the show. He steals every scene. The adrenaline pumps. I I punch the fist every time something. <laughs> you know, every single time he kicks someone's ass, I am I'm I'm with him kicking ass. You know. One of the biggest scenes, iconic scenes for me, is something I put on Twitter yesterday is when he goes, you know, it's about, I think you need to get angry. And he goes, something you don't know, I'm always angry. And if it was an 18, he would have said, I'm always fucking angry, you know. (laughs) And then he just punches this big thing in the face and breaks its spine. And it just brings across the element of, without Hulk... The Avengers are weaker. They they need that animal, the undefeatable. They're Superman. That is that is he cannot be beat. You know he is that strong that they need. He's he's on alert. If they're in trouble, they call him last. He's he's the guy that comes in to help because he he's that destructive, and that's why he is the man for me in in both movies to be honest i i love it whenever he's that, that he's he can't i don't think he can do it on his own in a movie but in these movies he's perfect that's a, a fair claim man that's a strong yeah. claim Stu. well normally i'd i'd say thor because i'm a big thor fan but in the context of the film i've got to say captain america i love the the subtext that's always running through as you alluded to before where he's struggling so much. He's trying to find his place in the world. And the only place he seems to feel completely comfortable is when he's on a mission Mm. because he's, he's ingrained in that military way of life. Yeah. And he's, he, he, he he obviously feels like the outsider and he's a bit left out because he's, you know, he's the old time. Like when, when Colson mentions that they've upgraded his suit and he goes, and he he almost seems hurt. Like uh, the stars and stripes isn't enough anymore. And it, it's like, you know, his way of life is so old fashioned. And when you see him in the, at the beginning in the, in the gym and he's just knocking seven shades out of the, uh, the punch bag. Yeah. He's got them it's, all stacked up, hasn't he? He's got yeah. Bags and he, he's working out all down. of his, all of his, his tension. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to say cap on this one. And what about you, mate? I'm a Cap fan as well. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I can't help it. It's it's probably my little boy, to be honest. He absolutely adores him. And I think that's the thing that resonates because he's kind of, he's the all-American hero, isn't he? He's that kind of uh, you know, both character. his Both his movies were fantastic as well. Yeah, we're going to do Winter Soldier and obviously, you know, uh, touch on Civil War and stuff. But yeah, the the individual movies are great. Um, and he does play it really well. You know, um, w- me and Stu talked about actors that are kind of making redemption into, you know, into uh, into the superhero genre because he was in, was he in Fantastic Four? Yeah, so, he was. He was. He was a very, very unconvincing human torch. Yeah, and I mean the whole films, um, both of them, especially the one this year. Um, just they've clearly got it wrong. But um, and that's what shows. I think what people need to remember with these films is it's quite easy to get wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like superhero films can be terrible oh, if right. they get it wrong. 
like really, really bad. But in the right hands, it can be incredible. Perfect. Um, I've yeah, been talking we, about your two, Captain America. I've got two yeah. points um, on him that I loved. The first one being when the cop... He gives orders to the cop and he goes, why the hell oh, should I listen oh. to you? And then he kicks everyone's ass. And then he stands, you know, after, you know, like after a tennis shot, you yeah. stand there in the same pose. He yeah. kills the last guy and just stands there and looks at the cop. Like he just holds the position and the cop goes, exactly repeats. He recites what he said. Exactly. <laughs> and it's yeah, such exactly. a, again, you laugh. The other bit is when Iron Man uh, Stark goes, call it cap. And then he, and all six of them are standing like the pictures and they're all standing together for the first time in suits or as Hulk. And he calls it and he goes, Hulk smash. And yeah. it's just, again, it's just brilliant. Those are his, his two, I thought brilliant scenes. Yeah. I mean, his action's are. always great. His action. His action. And, and we said before, you know, about uh, the effort that, that Chris Holmes just gets to, to be in shape, but he's incredible shape for these films as well. As Captain America is, really really in shape and all the fight scenes are so well choreographed um there's one other line that i've got to mention of his and we we're talking about you know when when they attack the helicarrier um and he's there to pull the lever and he pulls off the uh, off the cover um and says i think it runs on electricity yeah <laughs> <laughs> he goes yep and it's just hilarious because he, he's trying to fit in. Obviously, he's got Ruffalo there and he's got, you know... Um, two scientists. He's two scientists and he's so out of place. And that's the thing about him getting the reference and trying to fit in. Because um, he doesn't come across as daft. He just comes across as from another era. And he plays that well. It's not an easy part to play, in fairness. Um, Especially yeah. from what he was. If you haven't seen the first Captain America, people think it might be a bit boring, but the story is so good. Like, scrawny little brave guy. Exactly. Just yeah. fantastic origins. I think a lot of people probably don't know Captain America's origin as much as they know, say, the Hulk and Spider-Man and yeah. Batman and Superman. He's It's a must to watch. It's a yeah. must. And it's such a trippy thing seeing... Chris Evans's head superimposed on this five foot nothing wing, and then all of a sudden he comes out, and you have that bit where Haley Atwell, unscripted, I believe, grabs hold of his pack, and she sort of goes, "Ooh," and she looks a bit, you know, "Wow, what's going on here?" And yeah, it it's a very good film, and I love the fact that a lot of Captain America was filmed in England. Yeah, a lot a lot of the the streets in quote New York were filmed in um, Manchester. And then when he chases the villain down and he gets in the submarine, uh, that was filmed in Liverpool on the docks. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I, I, I love that, that the most New York thing they could find was Manchester rather yeah. than actual New York because think, they've got the old brown buildings. I think we might touch on that at some point because, you know, with British cinema, you know, there's a lot of links with all, you know, big American cinema with the UK now, you know, we're quite pioneering with some of our studios and, um, and some of our sets, you know, me and Stu both live near Manchester and, and yeah, Manchester's used in so much modern cinema now. Um, so many of the films that you really like talking about Robert Downey Jr. A lot of the Sherlock film scenes are filmed, yeah. you know, in the town hall. Um, Just for reference, the, the Captain America stuff, it was on Ancoats. 
Was it? Yeah, because yeah. well, at, at the time I was living on Ancoats. Oh, nice. And I'd, I'd heard that they were filming around there, but oh, it wasn't on you... the main road. It was one of the side streets, a couple were of streets over. Were you tracking them down? Were you tracking them down? I was very tempted to, but it, <laughs> there, there was a lot of warning saying this is like beyond a closed set. Like exactly. anyone getting anywhere near it will be kicked a lot. <laughs> Moving so, on, right. Yeah. So I think, you know, covering the film and the premise... Have we got a favourite action scene? Because there's a lot. You've got to remember, this is a it's a, a lot of action in these films. Um, they really do. They destruct the forest, as, don't they? They that, are, Yeah, they destruct the forest. That's yeah. probably my. I, I'm going to give that one as my favourite because it's three of the main characters sort of trying to feel each other out a little bit. They don't really know each other, mm. and Thor in this in this context is the outsider. And you've got Loki just sat upon this, and they show him just watching, resting, yeah. <laughs> and he's he, he could escape, but he's just having a little chill because obviously we you then find out that he's absolutely fine with getting caught. It's all part of his big plan. Yeah, yeah. But some of the fighting in there is brilliant because it's in such an enclosed space. It makes it a little bit more. It's a bit different to me rather than the smashing each other up and throwing each other into skyscrapers yeah. and. And then and then he gets the extra power from his lightning and stuff. It's just yeah, it's just fantastic. Yeah, it's, the suit unleashes the, the chest blast. Four hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just I love the scene on the helicarrier when Hulk, and uh, you know Bruce Banner, you know he becomes the Hulk and uh, and he fights Saw. So, um, it's their their ongoing rivalry is is quite fantastic throughout the films. Um, That's the iconic scene, Rory. You got it. The the, the hammer one. When yeah. when Hulk tries to pick up the hammer and he looks no 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 when he goes to Hulk smash him, and and Thor uppercuts him with the hammer. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. it's slow mo. They caught it and he goes into the plane and crushes the plane. But I love that after that scene. when the when the jet the Mac freeze outside. Oh wow, yes. Fire and he just storms it and he doesn't think he can get near him. And he jumps, you know, what, 40 feet out of the room and just starts ripping the shit out of this, uh, you know, out, out of the jet. Fantastic. Song. And then he pulls the, pulls the eject cord and he, he thinks it. he's away and he grabs him. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks he's free. He thinks he's done it. And he grabs him and then chucks him. <laughs> and then he just, you know, obviously dives bombs through the air. It's brilliant. It's a brilliant scene. I really love it. Yeah, Anything to add, gags? No, I thought uh, I wanted the, the 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 iconic scene for me is the hammer, the one where he where the slow mo, yeah, because uh, he's yeah. T- he's getting absolutely owned, and then I think Stu mentioned then he then then Hulk is trying to pick this hammer up, and he is desperate to pick it up. It's like it takes over his OCD. He starts digging his heels into the flipping leather carrier to get it up. He just can't. So it's it's a yeah, it's a great scene. It, it, iconic scenes of getting. Um, I think the whole film is about the, the first half is all about them fighting each other uh, them being at each other's throats I think, oh, it's yeah. a, I think it's a continuous theme throughout both movies they just can't fucking get along until they really get under the cosh you know none of them can get along in the first or the second and we'll talk about that when we get to the second movie but yeah. uh, it, it's such a that that's the theme of it and it, it's just clever how um, how Colson well, died came together I was going to say because Stu, you're a massive Colson fan, aren't you? I love him. He's one of... Me too. He, he's such a criminally underrated. Just before we started, Gags and I were chatting, and that was one of my favourite things. In all the lead-ups, I loved all of the post-credit scenes 
because it was always sort of 90 seconds, two minutes of how can Colson take the two hours you've just seen and link it into the two hours you're going to see next year or in two years' time. And they were always brilliant. I, I'm, I'm still not 100% happy with the fact that they brought him back for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because it, it was it was... It was the galvanizing moment, wasn't it? That was the moment they went from being exactly. just a group of heroes to being the Avengers. And it, I can see why Joss Whedon was so annoyed that they just completely swept that under the rug for the sake of the TV show. But on the flip side of that, I love the fact that Coulson's alive because he's such a good character. Clark Gregg is brilliant. Yeah, he is. He, and I, I wish they hadn't killed him off in the films so we could still be playing a part in the films. Yeah, I think I think I thought that too to an extent, but I, I do think it's like you said they need a, some kind of moment to galvanise them, and it was quite a shocking moment because, like we said, it is a family orientated film, and it's quite a brutal. Yeah, scene, stabbed, you know? stabbed right through the heart from the back. That was, I mean, I, I didn't see it coming at all. I, you always figure that someone's going to die. Yeah, but if you told me someone, I, I probably would have said Maria Hill. I wouldn't have said Colson because Colson was so instrumental in bringing the team together. He was always the contact, wasn't he? He was always the one that represented Shield. Yeah. So for him to have gone, but that's obviously why they did it because for the the, the stars in the film and for the audience watching, it was a real tug on the heartstrings. We've not touched upon it really, but what's your take on Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye? Hawkeye's never been one of my favourite characters because I grew up as a DC fan, so I see Hawkeye and think, Green Arrow's better. <laughs> me too. There's, me too. there's me actually too. one bit in the film which really bugs me. I can I can appreciate he's a master marksman, but when he shoots the arrow and it lands perfectly in the port on the computer, I was like, no, I'm not having it. It's not that good. <laughs> it, was just, it was a step too far. It's not it's a com- film it's about superheroes. Come on. Super- Even <laughs> a film with a god and a Hulk and a man that was frozen in ice, that was too far. If you believe me. that, if you don't like that scene, when, when he's blind arrowing like he's doing a you know, a no, a no look pass in yeah. football, yeah. it's just it's it's effortless to him, but... He grows into his own a little bit in the second film. Yeah, he's a more he definitely role. does. I think yeah. he was the, he was the weak link in the first one. I think, but I think in the in the second because, one, he's arguably the glue that binds them all together. Yeah, and I think it's hard in in the first one because whenever you're playing uh, someone whose mind's been controlled, it tends to take out any emotion from the, the performance. Gone, yeah, the character's yeah. gone. And he has I no think, character. Exactly, exactly. But I do, I do think. Um, Oh, I can't remember his name, but the, the great actor that plays Eric Selveg, who's very good in the Thor films as well. Oh, something Skensgard, I think his yeah, name is. Yeah, he's a really good actor. He's in a lot of good films. Um, Go with the Dragon Tattoo and, and, and lots of other good films that are Scandinavian based, but um, really good actor. But he, you know, he's really good throughout it as well. And I think that's what we said about all the actors in it. They're all really good. You know, there's not a performance you look at and think it's weak. You could say Hawkeye's the one that it's just slightly, you know, lesser. But like we said in the in Age of Ultron, I think he he really does step up his his game. He's obviously much more prominent. Um, and you were saying about someone dying, that film leads into thinking he's going to die all the way through. Yeah, all, <laughs> all the talk, all the way through. Yeah. All the yeah, talk when you in, in the months leading up to it was, 
one of the Avengers is going to die and everybody assumed it was going to be Hawkeye. But as soon as I started seeing how central he was to the story, I thought he can't. You don't introduce the guy's family, then kill him off. That made him either a target or indispensable. And for me, it made him indispensable. I was going to ask him. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, man. Don't you think they teased Scarlet with him a lot as well? There was kind of a... It, it looked like there was... Yeah, they, they made it look romantic, but then it turns out that they're just bros. They're yeah, like yeah, of the, course. They're, they're the best friends like ever. Like it did yeah, in the exactly. end, but at the start, it felt like, hmm. Oh, there, okay. there was there was a tension there between them. When, when they're talking about the missions that they've been on, they always seem to have a glint in their eye, like... Exactly. I it, remember, it, wasn't, it wasn't always business. Yeah, you, we remember Budapest very <laughs> differently. differently. <laughs> oh, I love that, actually. That's a great But that. they're actually good. I, I'm surprised that Marvel, with, with the way Scarlett Johansson's taken the character of yeah. Black Widow, I'm surprised they haven't, A, given her her own film, well, or B, given the that. two of those a joint film. Explore I, I, their think, chemistry. I think she might have a film with a backstory in it. Because obviously the second that. film does touch on their backstories quite a lot more and I think that's what it's trying to get into but I do think she's the one that could have her own you know her own film almost own franchise but um she does appear in a lot of the other films she's obviously in Iron Man 2 or she's in Iron Man 1 as well Um, but she's also in obviously uh, Winter Soldier quite prominently and she looks like she's going to be in uh in the next Captain America film quite heavily as well so I think she she does feature in in a lot of them but I think she's the one that that, that really could have her own film I, w- I would like to think they would because Marvel have shown I think I mentioned it on one of the previous pods I forget which one Marvel have shown they're not afraid to break what is still taboo of having a film about a female character they've got it coming up with uh, Captain Marvel yeah. and it, it makes a lot more sense for me for them to do Black Widow because like you said, she's already had her hand in some of their biggest films. She was phases, very, though, very it? good in, in Winter Soldier. She was very, very good. And off the back of that, I thought they were going to start writing a solo film. It's not in any phase, though, is it? Like, it's not announced. There's nothing to do. No. Up to 2019, there's nothing, right? No, no. I know. They, they, I think... they, they could, if they wanted to, rejig things. Like, they already have done. They, oh, they've they? sort of they've yeah. moved things around. Oh, okay. to, uh, to make room because there's been a lot of confusion over the the ones in 2018, 2019. Ant-Man was clearly moved. Obviously, it had some production issues, but um, Ant-Man was supposed to be and was always in the comics an original Avenger, So as was yeah. the Wasp. So they did, they did kind of change a little bit, but I think they just want to gradually introduce things. And there's still talks whether I think Guardians of the Galaxy will cross over into Thor in the next Thor film, but we'll oh, wow. see. Yeah, that there's would be been awesome. suggestions that there's there's going to be some kind of, of look into maybe who Star-Lord's uh, father is. Yeah, exactly. And there's still suggestions that Hulk could be in Ragnarok and that could lead off into what? a Planet Hulk film. No. Yeah. yeah. Really? That that Mark Ruffalo has spoken about it because everyone now wants a Mark Ruffalo Hulk film. Of course they do. Well, he, I, think I will mark he, out if that happens. He, he said that as far as he's heard, they've got no plans to do a third Hulk film. And I can sort of see why, because they, they don't want to do the Hulk on his own, but they could do the Hulk in his own film. But he's the established character following on from him leaving in one of the one of the jets at the end of Age of Ultron. Yeah, yeah. Which, which makes a lot more sense. I, I do think it would have been good if Mark Ruffalo had been drafted in for the 2008 film 
because I think that film would have made a lot more money and a much bigger impact. I don't, yeah, I don't know if that seemed... That's the one that we talked about that probably wasn't as pre-planned or as well-planned as, as the rest have been. But like we said earlier, I don't think Disney did own it at that stage and maybe... He Maybe wanted too much money, did. didn't he? He didn't. He, did want, he? he wanted money. Oh, yeah, okay. he was wanted again. Another one with greed. You know, uh, the, I didn't the, think he's normally the type, though. To be honest, because he, he's happy to do indie films as well. He's he's not always a mainstream kind of actor. So and he didn't get paid me. a lot for the Avengers. The only one that got paid a lot for the Avengers was Robert no, Downey no, Jr. No, no, no. I'm talking about um, the 2008 film, the actor. Oh, do you mean Ed, Ed Norton? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he okay. wanted more money. Right. That's why he they they didn't bring him across because the rumors ah, were. Okay. Disney said, nah. He's, he just wants too much, you know. To be honest, he didn't quite fit the bill anyway. And he's yeah. a great actor as he is, but like we said before, Mark Ruffalo just suits the scientist to the ground. I, I, really, I can't so. see. I, I couldn't have seen Ed Norton having the same chemistry with Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans. Not and I do actually, I really like Ed Norton. His portrayals in, especially American History X, wow. which is chilling, and Fight Club, which is one of the freakiest he's, but he's, best films oh, he's ever. He's genius in Fight Club. He's just standout genius in Fight Club. I, I, yeah. I think American History X kills it. Yeah, he's just, yeah snap out the two of them. If I was recommending one, I would go for American History, History X. X. And it's one of the few films I, I watch with my mouth gaping wide open. <laughs> Disgusting at times. It, it is the, the curb stomping. Wow. Wow. It's one of the most uncomfortable things I've ever seen. But in that, he is incredible. You would believe that he is that guy. But I couldn't see him. The scene in the lab where no. uh, Iron Man's prodding him and he, he, he wants him to <laughs> Oh, to I love the prod. I, 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 I couldn't see Ed Norton. I love how confident and cocky that scene is. He pokes him with something that like electrocutes him. <laughs> he he stares him straight in the eye. But yeah, stuff. and that, and the contrast between um, Stark and Black Widow, where Black Widow's always afraid of him turning oh, every time, like from always. the first meeting, always afraid, and that changes. Okay, so to to wrap up, we we obviously adore the first film. Um, we are excited for all forthcoming attractions in Marvel as we, you know, especially civil war, which, which we'll go on to talk about in this, in, in the next part we're going to cover. And I think it's, it's perfect time to, uh, to wrap it up today, guys. So I've absolutely loved doing pod one. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I'm really happy to be involved in this. And I think for me and Stu, it's, and for you guys, mate, it's just a chance to be big kids and, and then, you know, share it with other people and, and, you know, absolutely adored it. What about yourself guys? Yeah, it's, we, we've had, since we announced it, I mean, this all came off the back of a bit of a flippant idea from you after one good pod. Yeah. And within, within 24 hours, we had it agreed within another 24 hours, we had it named within another couple of days. We had the logo, which is, I love the logo. Oh yeah. It's amazing. It really is good. And seeing that logo, that made it real for me. Well, the idea was your the the logo idea was from you two anyway with the with the ta- with the um with the yeah it's my little my little boy's lettering. I was gonna say I think we yeah, actually yeah. owe Rory's son a bit of praise for that one. Yeah, oh, we do. Oh, you can you can put it all down to him. Basically, yeah. my whole <laughs> resurgence into loving all of this is because you know that's the thing we we said earlier about being big kids and stuff, and and that's what this all is. You know, and then Dean is the man who makes what you envisage oh Dion's incredible yeah and and to be honest guys I've got to thank you mate because you know Stu Stu's not necessarily you know been involved in AI um until really recently um I've been involved obviously for for a bit of period time now but you know to come to you and ask 
for for this to happen and you make it happen you know well I, I did go to obviously uh, Simon did. and I did go to, to Joe and just say guys you okay with this you know um, uh, uh, basically because it, it covers parts of their pods off so of course it does yeah. and, um, and, and, and both of them said yeah no worries you know that yeah exactly matter. and I spoke so. to Joe about it and Joe's just you know loves the fact that we're involved in it and, and you know we talked about crossovers a little bit and you know maybe we'll interlink the pods and, and that's what it's all about it's a massive community AI and um, it's great that you know just not just football loads of ground is covered and you know it's it's right to plug the podcast it's, it, all the pods are just incredible not just all the football ones and um, they're all available on a wonderful app on apple and soon to be android yes very of- soon to be android which is good news yes. and i i'm just going to echo exactly what rory said big thanks to you gags for the opportunity it's it's something we've both probably thought that we would like to do but never actually thought it would happen and certainly didn't think it would happen within a matter of days no. There's been such a good reaction on Twitter from your your AI faithful. The number of people that have come forward saying, I've wanted this for ages. I can't believe you haven't done one before. And I, I hope everyone's enjoyed it as much as I have. This has been an absolute pleasure. Rory clearly has got hosting tendencies that he's been hiding from everyone. Well, Not hiding well done, that well. Well done, Rory. <laughs> well done, Rory, for your first one. And obviously, um, Stu... The, the the oracle of of comic books on AI the, now, uh, and, I, and I just think um, I just think the perfect duo to do this. And Thanks, when it, when an idea comes uh, over to me from somebody, people say, you know, uh, gags. Do you give people a chance? Yes, we do. Oh, I will attest to this. It's all about giving you a chance. If you want to talk football, you'll get a chance. You need to prove yourself a little. Call into the Nina Kyler show, maybe. Let's see what you sound like. You know, for football, then we'll get you on. And then for all other topics, if you if you can prove that you've got passion for it and these boys went on to a show, Joe Simpson gave him a chance. And uh, so, you know, more kudos to Joe, really, that oh, yeah. uh, that he gave you that first chance. And then Only that's how bit. and that's how your the qualities come out. And then Nina really, really bigged you both up. After yeah, that, in uh, well, I, I went on Joe's a while ago and did Shawshank with Nina and then went on to do Nina's show um, and then I've gone on to do the main AI show, which which is a big achievement for me. And people will think that's a bit silly, but it's it's such a big thing because, you know, Gags has said before about hosting and being involved. Anyone can do this. You know, we're all just talking like mates about things we love. It doesn't take a lot. It just takes a lot of passion. So, you know, it's, it's a great passion. thing to do. Yeah, so that's that's episode one, guys. Really love everyone listening. If you would love, we'd love anyone to follow AI Comic Pod at AI Comic Pod on Twitter, and and we'll keep them coming as as regularly as we can. And follow these two boys too, please. Yeah, follow yes, please there. do. We're we're frightfully interesting, <laughs> <laughs> and we never swear. You swear horribly. I swear like a pirate that stood on his parrot. You swear horribly, man. You are. Yeah. I don't know if I'll ever let you near my children. Right. That's <laughs> On that note. Right. Cheers, guys. Thanks very much. Bye.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 